we tend to live in this space of where passion and profession and purpose all kind of collide. So it doesn't like we're working right now. Like how can we inspire more people to taste that? And, you know, if it can work for dentists, it can work for almost anyone. Hello and welcome to The Daily Helping with Dr. Richard Schuster. Food for the brain, knowledge from the experts, tools to win at life. I'm your host, Dr. Richard. Whoever you are, wherever you're from, and whatever you do, this is the show that is going to help you become the best version of yourself. Each episode, you will hear from some of the most amazing, talented, and successful people on the planet who followed their passions and strive to help others. Join our movement to get a million people each day to commit acts of kindness for others. Together, we're going to make the world a better place. Are you ready? Because it's time for your Daily Helping. Thanks for tuning into this episode of the Daily Helping Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Richard, and our guest today is awesome. His name is Chris Tuff, partner of the advertising firm 22 Squared based in Atlanta, where he has helped them grow into a 400 plus digital powerhouse with 90% millennials and Gen Zers. He has sold over 100,000 copies of his internationally best-selling book, The Millennial Whisperer, where he shares lessons on empathy and genuine connection at work on some of the largest stages in the world, including Fortune 100 companies such as Nike. His newest book, Save Your Asks, has just launched, and we are here to talk about it. I've been waiting for this interview for a long time. Chris, welcome to The Daily Helping. It is awesome. Awesome Thanks, to have you Dr. Here. Richard. Dr. Richard, it is uh, obviously, um, it doesn't take that much to get me excited, but, um, you know, obviously I have been waiting to just, un, you know, this is, The Millennial Whisper was written in four and a half months with, you know, help from some of our friends, our mutual friends. And this one I took two years on. I did it all the way through the pandemic. And so, it's been kind of this like waiting and waiting and waiting game. And, and now it's off to the races. And now it's here. So I, I usually, and we're going to take a deep dive into Save Your Asks, but peel back the, the onion a little bit. Tell us your superhero origin story. Chris, what got you on the path you're on today? Yeah, sure. So, <laughs> you know, I fell into digital and social back as it was kind of being invented. And uh, that was my first taste of where passion and purpose and profession all overlap, which is that beautiful place that you, Dr. Richard, and I get into, like we're working right now and, and we, it doesn't feel like work. And that was the first time it was, what, you know, it took a five, 64 failed job interviews, right? It took five lateral moves until I kind of fell into that. And then it was kind of off to the races. And, and I put things into context of my currencies. And my first currency was really built around helping to pioneer the digital and social space. And you know what happened is with time, just like with anything, we are we change, we evolve. Our passions, our purpose also evolve. You know, having kids is a profound, I think, impact on how you view the world. And it was about four years ago that I noticed, like, I'm like, this stuff doesn't match up anymore. Like, I'm not that passionate about digital and social. And, you know, it, it manifested itself as what I would call my rock bottom moment where a, a few big changes happened. And one was I 
began to understand that the rat race and that whole thing, my metric of success back then, Dr. Richard, was beating my brothers in the game of life. And for any of you that have a success metric like that, I highly suggest you change it. And it was in that kind of period that I changed it to just success being judged on a daily basis and and it being when my head hits the pillow, did I have the impact that I intended that day? The other thing that also changed in that kind of rock bottom moment was um, me really doubling down on my two daughters and wife and, you know, not necessarily hobnobbing all around the globe with the, you know, who's who. And, you know, it, it was a profound change and it was a year of, I think, a lot of internal kind of searching and, and, you know, even my friend group completely changed over. And it was actually towards the end of that first year of kind of rebuilding the house that I turned to my wife with tears in my eyes. And I was like, I'm the biggest extrovert in the world. And I don't really have any friends anymore. And it just so happened that next week after that, I went on a retreat, an executive retreat. And Tommy Breedlove, I'd never met Tommy Breedlove before, but he was the one leading this retreat. And it was 14 executives. And I went on the first night, I was like, I'll be vulnerable. I'll tell everyone about everything that I've just been through. And I went to introduce myself and I was like, I don't know how to introduce myself. So I said, I'm kind of like the millennial whisperer at my firm. You know, we're 400 employees and mostly millennials and Gen Zers. And then I went and shared my story and I sit down by the fire and Tommy gives me that look for, it was the first time I'd been kind of, I'd, I'd been on the receiving end of one of those Tommy, like big glaring. And he goes, Chris, I go, yes. He goes, you better write that book. And go, what book? He goes, The Millennial Whisper. And then a couple of the other guys around the fire were like, Chris, like, so tell me some of the things you do with these kids. Like, they are so entitled. They come in late. Like, I'm having to make up new jobs for, for them to be promoted into every other week. They're all VPs now. Like, and so I started sharing some of the tactics. And it was about three weeks later that a few of them called me and they're like, Chris, that stuff you were talking about, those tactics, they, they work. And, and I had uh, coffee with Tommy and I was like, Tommy, dude, like, I have no idea if I can write this book, but where do you suggest I go? And so that was really, I wrote it in four and a half months and, you know, the rest was kind of history, right? I mean, I think in hindsight, any of these things that we look at, they look like dots, but in reality, it's like a long period of, and anyone that's written a book knows this, like it's a very vulnerable state, but then it really started to pick up steam and, you know, I was on the main stage at Nike and, and the story goes like this, Dr. Richard, uh, it was really my dream to get on the main stage at Nike. And I'd done a bunch of engagements with them and I was about to do the big one, right? The big mama drama, all of their sales teams with their new president, Heidi O'Neill. And I got the call as the world was shutting down and it was, all right, there's this pandemic, Chris, you're not going to be on the main stage with Heidi. And uh, we don't know when this thing is going to be, you know, one of the big, I call it my two hour rule, which is like, when things don't go your way, you got two hours, you can dwell on it and complain about it. And then like, move on to the next, like I'm a, I'm a specialist at that. And it was actually right in that moment that I was like, all right, what am I going to do? What was like, I don't know how long this pandemic's going to last, but I'm going to be, it looks like stuck at home for a little bit. And what was the book that I was really meant to write? And it didn't take me long to remember. I had done this lecture at Vanderbilt where I went to school and it was the most popular guest lecture of the year by ratings. And it was how to network like a mofo. 
And I began to think like, you know, once again, this is all in like right after that 20 minutes that I'm like, what if I kind of married that with, I'm always on the receiving end of bad salespeople. And you know, what people go to me for advice around isn't necessarily like how to manage millennials or Gen Zers. It's Chris, how do you end up with such a crazy network? How do you do, how do you end up with these people as your friends or, or, or how do you, you're such a natural salesperson. And I, being on the receiving end of people going in for the asks too early, I was like, what if I just made the title itself a call to action for people to save their asks? And what if I could actually continue this platform that was generated with the millennial whisperer, which is all about, it's not about generational differences. It's all about the importance of genuine connection with your people and your team genuine connection, taking down that line between personal and professional. And what if I did that same thing outward, right? I would actually, I think, be able to finally have that 30-minute speech and create an impact and an ROI as soon as I leave the stage. And so what ended up happening is I started interviewing some of these amazing networkers, and I never really wanted it to end because here I was stuck in the pandemic interviewing some of the most interesting people from all walks of life, right? Not just the billionaires, but it's actually the, the stories you've never heard that are told in Savior Asks that I feel like are, are, are the most compelling. And so we published about a month ago and I'm off to the races um, now doing keynotes and you know really trying to garner this movement to impact a million lives. Impact. That's the tirade. There's so much I want to dig into. Impact a million lives. How specifically? When a million people read this book, and they will, how do you want them to have changed as a result of that? So one of the big pieces, I mean, listen, we all are are wired differently, right? And so one of the philosophies I have in the new book is, well, in book writing, they say you sell them what they want and you give them what they need. Nick Pavlidis, our, our mutual friend, taught me that one. And what I'm selling in this book is I'm going to help you become an overnight, a better salesperson and networker. And we all, even the biggest introverts need to become better salespeople and networkers, right? We all can, there's, there's ways that we need to be leveraging that in our lives. But what I'm giving them, Dr. Richard, is this idea that we all need to be nurturing passions on the side, regardless of what our currency is. And our currency is that thing that you get paid to do. For me, it was I was the digital and social guy. And it was frustrating for me after I just published a national best-selling book and people were still going to me for digital and social advice. And you know, I was kind of in between currencies. Now, obviously, if you Google my name, it's all like the culture guy. And now you're, you'll start seeing more about you know being the networker and salesperson. But the thing is, is as human beings and as 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 fathers or as mothers, it we have a responsibility to our currency. And in a black and white, I think world and an instant gratification world, we all think that all of a sudden. When our passions evolve, we can just go ahead and do that overnight. And, and what I am trying to inspire in more people is that the only way to responsibly evolve our currencies is by curating two passions at all times. And we can talk about some of those exercises that I work with people around. But th that 
just that, like, what is my, what's impact look like? How is it going to be judged? I have no idea. I just know I want to change a lot of lives, right? Like, I mean, next week I'll be on a stage in Miami. It's 5,000 people. And I think from that 5,000, they'll probably each tell one person about this guy with yellow glasses and tattoos to <laughs> completely change the way that they now look at their main job as a producer for one of the biggest insurance companies in the world. And so I don't know, like, I'm not like, Oh, I'm at, I'm at 4,000 today. Like that's not this thing. Right. I mean, I just, of course. you know, it's so, so yeah, I mean, I know there's a lot of questions, Dr. Richard, you want to, you want to start diving into. So bring it on. Hey guys, Dr. Richard here. For the past seven years, I've been privileged to bring you incredible guests who are changing the world and can help you become the best version of yourself. I'm really excited to share with you a new quiz that I created based on my clinical training that will curate for you a custom list of my top episodes and actionable strategies to help you wherever you are on your journey. All you need to do is go to drrichardschuster.com to take it, and it's 100% free. You'll be taking the next step on the journey to unlocking the power of you. And I can't wait to see where you'll go. We're going to talk about those exercises in a bit, but I love just the premise because, you know, you, you said it perfectly. So many people will just blast you right away with, Hey, can you do this for me? Can you do that for me? And, you know, I ask tell, holes. Those are ask holes. Oh, I love yeah. that. I, I yeah. tell people it's the relationship, right? Like you add value to other people. You do things for them. You show genuine interest in them. And then over time there, there's reciprocity, but I, you know, for somebody listening, you're shaking your head. So tell me, tell me the, the Chris Tuff ideology and, and, on relationship well, it's building. The, it's it's not, I mean, there's seasons of life, right? right? And just like <laughs> scorekeeping in a marriage is really bad. Scorekeeping right. in relationships is really bad. And you're, we're all going to go through those periods of profound asks, right? Where we're going to be asking everyone in our network because we're miserable maybe. And we need to get out of that job that we're in. And so we might actually be going through a season of asks. I think generally though, in all of our network, you got one ask in everyone. Right. And are you going to waste that for me to ask you, Dr. Richard, to give me a five star re review on Amazon? Am I going to waste it even in the upfront of my book asking for an endorsement? And then I didn't get any endorsements because I'm saving my asks for anyone that's influential in my network, even you, Dr. Richard. Right. So knowing that we only really have one ask in anyone around us, what do we really want that to be? And being on the receiving end of all these salespeople. Hey, Chris, can I get 15 minutes of your time? Hey, Chris, I see you're uh, connected to Dr. Richard on uh, LinkedIn. Can you introduce me to someone that I, even ha I haven't talked to in like three years? And it's like, dude, you're really going to waste your one ask with me to do that? And, and you and I, I can already tell, I call it the ask continuum. And on the far right, asks come really easy to us, right? These are the ask holes that this... These are the people that go in for asks. They have no problem doing it. They're, they're usually fairly good salespeople because they, they have no problem doing it. And then on the other side of that same spectrum, you've got 
the asks come pretty hard to us. We're, we're people pleasers. I am, I am, I, I'm one of those that lets the ask pass me by. And so no matter where we are on that continuum, Dr. Richard, we all have to be moving to more of a middle ground. And if we're an asshole, let's self-identify as that. And, you know, I've gotten at least 12 people that have reached out. They've read the book and they're like, Chris, I just want to apologize, but um, I've been kind of an asshole to you. I'm like, good. I'm glad you can self-identify. And uh, actually the, the name of my new keynote is, am I an asshole? I encourage everyone in the moment. And even we can do this now for listeners. Okay. Take out your cell phone right now as you're listening to this. And if you're already listening, like open up a separate tab to your text messages and think of one person in your network who you have not talked to in the last three months, the first person to come to mind. And I want you to send them a text saying, hey, whoever, I was just listening to this podcast and it reminded me a little bit about you. And I just wanted to say, what's up? And I hope you have an awesome day. You're the first person that came to mind. And what's amazing about that, after you ask the audience, I now have enough data that at the end of the speech, I'll say, okay, now everyone raise your hand if you've heard back from that person. Okay. And, and, and for those people listening, by the end of this podcast, figure out whether or not that person texts you back. And if your hand is raised and they got back, how cool is that? Right? Like how awesome you just reignited a relationship with no reciprocity in that exchange. They were just the first person to come to mind. And for those that have heard back, I say, congratulations. And then for those that have not raised their hands, I say, you might be an asshole. Maybe that's why you haven't heard back, right? But just questioning that, right, allows us to move more towards this, this middle ground. What's also astounding about that is, you know, when you're in a room of 5,000 people, I come back in a year, I guarantee you millions of dollars of new business have been now reignited because of that new connection that we had neglected. And that, that was a theme in all of my uh, interviews with these amazing networkers is that relationships are actually really easy to start. It's sustaining them that's most difficult, right? So as soon as someone comes to mind, send them a video message, right? Or, you know, this is a good exercise in that. Now, now here's what's interesting though. So like there's the self-identifying around the ask hole and then, you know, this move towards more genuine connection. But the, for those that my favorite tactic and for those that let the ask pass them by, right, which I self-identify there, I would guess you're more on that side as well. One of my favorite tactics is what I call masking your asking your dream. And, and masking your asking your dream is you've got to be genuine to whatever that dream is. But when you share your dream with another human, they will almost 97% of the time do anything in their power to help you achieve that thing. And I started practicing, especially as I was with like these more famous and, you know, very wealthy individuals. I started practicing this in the middle of the pandemic during the, towards the end of my interview. And, and the first time I practiced it with, was with a guy named Jason Trotwine who sold his veterinary clinics for a lot of money. Right. And he, and I just had an awesome connection. He was at his house in Hawaii, like chilling out. I was living vicariously a little bit. And I said, all right, Jason, now that we're towards the end of this Zoom interview, I'm going to practice one of my favorite tactics and, and let's see if it works. And he goes, okay, bring it on. I go, okay, it's called masking your asking your dream. And I said, Jason, you ready? He goes, I'm ready. 
And I go, all right, it is my dream to create the handbook. Whether you just graduated from college, you're going through a midlife crisis, or you're a blue-collared worker trying to just get into something new, I want to create the handbook to help those people be, become better networkers and sellers, but also live a more fulfilling life. Who in your network do I have to talk to? And Jason, it did not take him long. He goes, Chris, do you know the pro surfer, Raymana? And I was like, I think so. Tell me more. He goes, well, Raymana lives in Tahiti. And Raymana is one of the greatest connectors of billionaires on the planet. Not because he's a billionaire, but because he is the guy that teaches all these people to surf the gnarliest waves in the world. And it was six minutes in that Raymana and I established a bond that now nine years later is unbreakable. And he was towing me into a wave as those that have seen surfing, you know, you tow them in and the jet ski tows you into that wave. And it was six minutes into our relationship. He put my, his hand on my heart and he looked into my eyes and he just said, I love you, brother. And then he pushed me off the back of the jet ski into the wave. And it, he was like, it was a special moment where a bond was created for life. And I'm going to text him because he got to interview this dude. He's unbelievable. And I'm like, all right, sure. Awesome. That, that sounds great. I would love to interview Raymana. Yeah, right. You know, he's in Tahiti. There's no way he's going to reach back out. And it was 24 hours later, Dr. Richard, that I saw my cell phone. French Polynesia on my, on my caller ID. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, it's Raymana. And I know I'm in surfing. Like I know of Raymana and he launches into brother, man, what's going on. I'm like, this guy really does have just the greatest energy. It's no wonder he's this uh, massive connector. And I go, all right, Raymana, I got to get on FaceTime. I want to see, th- I'm stuck in my house in Atlanta in the middle of a pandemic. I want to see where you're at. And we hop on a FaceTime He's just in this epic, you know, not like a super huge mansion or anything, just like this cool little surf hut right at Chopu in Tahiti. And I go, all right, dude. So tell me about this bond you have with Jason. It sounds pretty special. And he talks about this moment that you put your hand on his heart and looked into his eyes. and He said, I love you. And whatever. He goes, ah, yes, 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 yes. Now, don't tell Jason this, but I tell that to everyone when they're on the back of my jet ski. But I mean, two things by it, Chris. I mean, one, forget about your big job and all that stuff. Like take in this moment. Two, this is a gnarly wave and you might die. So I want the last thing you to hear is I love you, brother. And I was like, dude, that is the greatest thing. Now, now I got to live vicariously too through this kind of FaceTime. What have you done today? Like, were you just surfing? He goes, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I just got off Sergey Brin's yacht. I was teaching his wife how to surf and Chopu. Wonderful lady, wonderful lady. I'm like, this guy truly is the most amazing, amazingly connected guy. And so, you know, I use that as an example of Raymana's currency is surfing, right? It's not that he has these, you know, all this money or whatever. What makes him the greatest connector of billionaires is around his currency of surfing. And it just so happens to be in line with his passions. And, you know, what, what I think we oftentimes don't feel the courage to do is to actually start curating those passions of our own, but also in creating more genuine relationships in the network around us. And, you know, that was a long-winded way of masking your asking your dream, but that's how I'm trying to bring this to life. I love that for so many reasons. And you, I, I don't know him, but you captured 
that that I can I can like if I if I meet him tomorrow I can imagine like he's exactly the way you described him because the, that energy just flowed through you so beautifully. But I, I think what's interesting about Sabir asks is you're really talking about two things. You're talking about you know sure the relationships and knowing when and how to get your passion channeled into these questions, right? Channeled into Mm -hmm. asking it the right way, asking it the right time. But this is also a grab life by the balls book. This is also a book saying, Hey, listen, like if you are, if you've been doing the same thing, I I keep thinking, uh, you know, I, I know you're the millennial whisperer and this is a reference that is going to be dated, but I, there used to be a Dunkin' Donuts commercial called time to make the donuts where this, yeah, 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 yeah. right. This old like bald donut maker with the mustache. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, but just the melancholic, it's the same thing day after day, month after month, year after year. Um, I like as well that you're basically helping people channel their passion into a lightning bolt and do what they love. Yes. And and here's the other piece that's been surprising, Dr. Richard, is that many of us, for whatever reason, and this is the biggest takeaway from the generational work that I've been immersed in over the last three years, is that the older you get, the more of a line between passions and profession there is. They're, they're mutually exclusive. You go to work to work, you go to the golf course to do your passions. The younger you get, the more of an expectation that lives within that organization's four walls. And the other side of it is also like one of my specialties, my superhuman power is to really find the connected piece of all these different things and then and then get that line and get three birds with one stone. And it was really interesting because I saw this actually play out when I was um, speaking at a dental retreat for a bunch of dentists out in Deer Valley a month ago. And I was going up, there's one dude, 28 years old, his name's Bonner. And uh, he was one of the few guys that could like really keep up with me. I grew up ski racing and, and he was just a runner and gunner, right? And, and what a great place to actually connect. And, and I talk about that in the book, like let's move more towards experiences, right? Let's, let's do the surfing trip. Let's get outside. Let's do some of those other pieces to actually create more of that genuine connection. And as we were going up the chairlift, I turned to Bonner, one of our first rides up and I'm like, so, so tell me more about your own vision. Like, what is it that you want? And Bonner's had a dental practice himself for just over a year. And uh, he said, and he's crushing it. He did 1.3 million or something. And uh, his goal, he said, was, I want a $5 million practice, like so-and-so, another doctor who's there. And I said, all right, Bonner, I might challenge you on that because I think it's bigger than that, right? I think it's it's more than just a number. So I want you thinking in this next run, like, tell me more, right? And we go down a couple more runs and I keep pushing him. I'm like, Bonner, what do you really want? What do you really want? And finally, he, he takes it down. He goes, fine, Chris, you want to know what I want? I'm like, here we go. This is where the good stuff happens. He goes, I want to do keynotes like you. I see you speaking and inspiring. And I'm a rainmaker like you. And I want to do a little bit of that. And you know what else, Chris? Like, don't make fun of me, but I want to be a high school football coach. That's what I want. I go, boom. And like the other people on the chairlifts are like, well, what's happening on that chairlift? <laughs> 
And I go, here's what's going to happen, Bonner. We're going to get three birds with one stone. You are hitting me in my zone of excellence. And so what we are going to do is you are going to commit to me that in the next six months, you're going to do a keynote to me first, and then the rest of the group that's here about how dentistry is exactly like high school football. Offense, defense, but not only that, we're going to actually, you live in Texas, you're going to bring football into your practice. And so for your rewards and recognition, when you're doing your group huddle, and it's called a huddle for a reason, you're going to put blackout under your eyes. You're going to bring an engravable MVP trophy for your rewards and recognition. We're going to bring football into your practice so you can actually taste that thing that you're so passionate about. But the other thing, Bonner, that we're going to help you do is he's expecting his son, probably actually right about now. By this time, your newborn son is in peewee football. You are going to create enough freedom in your life that you can not only teach him, but then go on to teach him as his high school football coach. It's not $5 million. And he goes, oh my gosh. And I love that example, Dr. Richard, because it's such a good, I think it's such a good just representation of we got to take down this, these lines, right? And, and the ways that we think in these very linear, your linear tunnels. And what happened with the pandemic is it just catalyzed the crushing of all of those walls. And, and a lot of organizations reach out to me because they can't attract or, you know, more importantly, retain talent. And, you know, it, it, it's in these places that I'm like, what was the last time you asked your employees what fires them up? Have you ever talked to any of your employees about what their dream is? Like, we got to start going there and we got to start giving them the freedom to pursue those things without feeling threatened as, and you know, we, we're not going to talk about, you know, the importance of side hustles for everyone, but I, I will tell, and I, I said this in the millennial whisper as well, is it's, it's up to us as leaders to not only be their boss, but also to be their mentor. Right. And so part of that, that I think is important is that we help them create side hustles that as long as it's not in direct competition with whatever your company does, that they can actually pursue those things because that's what's life. That's what it's all about. You know, you and I are anomalies where we tend to live in this space of where passion and profession and purpose all kind of collide. So it doesn't like we're working right now. Like how can we inspire more people to, to taste that? And, and, you know, if we can work for dentists, it can work for almost anyone. As a son of a dentist, I would say that's exactly. exactly I always forget fair. that. I always forget <laughs> that. Yeah, I mean, and and so often, like you you ask these you know dentists or lawyers or whatever whoever it is that I'm talking to, why'd you get into this? Why why are you doing what you're doing? And a lot of times, it's oh well, my dad was the dentist, or I didn't really know what to do. I knew dentistry was like good. I'm really good at these other things, and and then I I put all this money into this degree, and then now I'm a dentist, and now what? Right. And what's so fascinating is that it doesn't mean you have to leave dentistry. It's just, you need to find more of that passion within dentistry. And that's what, why I love dentistry and why I love specialty healthcare is that each practice owner, I mean, you're an entrepreneur. Like if you like marketing, go run with marketing, right? But if you hate being a dentist, get your butt out of the chair mm -hmm. and start acting as an entrepreneur. And you got to make that a part of your goal system. And But we become so reliant on you know, from an income or a revenue generation, or, you know, even those pressures or identities that we feel, I'm a dentist, I've got to be the practicing dentist, right? Like all these people come in and they're asking for me. And like, so, you know, how can we actually 
work through all that stuff in somewhat of a visual way to get us closer to our passions. I love that. Chris, I could talk to you all day, but we have very rapidly come to the end of our time together. As you know, I ask every guest who comes on my show one question, and that is, what is your biggest helping, that single most important piece of information you'd like somebody to walk away with after hearing our conversation today? The biggest thing I want people to do is start saving your asks. And I have a quote in the book that curiosity is the difference between connecting and networking. And if you ask, if you take a genuine curiosity to the person sitting next to you and stop selling to them and start asking them some of these important questions of what drives them as humans, you're going to find not only more successful in your job, but it's going to make your connections a lot more fulfilling. And so I encourage everyone to start saving their asks and take action towards more genuine connection. Love it. I love it. Chris, tell us where people can get their hands on your book, which is available everywhere. But give us some URLs. Yeah, I mean, whatever's most convenient for you, just look up Save Your Asks. The Audible is me. So for those that like audibles and hearing voices, it is my voice. It was painstaking getting that done. <laughs> and then, yes, yeah, so it's available on an, any Amazon, uh, Barnes & Noble, et cetera. And then the best way to connect with me is surprisingly or unsurprisingly actually on Instagram and my Instagram's tough, T-U-F-F-2-2. And then you can also go to my website, christuff.me, christuff, C-H-R-I-S-T-U-F-F.me. And uh, there's a lot more information there. Awesome. And we'll have everything Chris Tuff in the show notes at thedailyhelping.com. Well, Chris, thank you so much for joining us today. I knew this was going to be an awesome conversation. Awesome. Dr. Richard, you rock, dude. Thank you, man. And thanks to each and every one of you who chose to take time out of your days to listen to this interview with Chris Tuff. Here's my ask for you today. So I'm being an asshole. Go out there today and do something nice for somebody else, even if you don't know who they are, and post it in your social media feeds using the hashtag MyDailyHelping, because the happiest people are those that help others. 